and we're going to go to the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 5, we'll jump down to verse 16. Again, it's glad, I'm glad to see everyone in the house of the Lord. I greet you in the wonderful name of Jesus. I want you to open your heart today to the word of God. I want you to allow the Lord to talk to you and to help you. God wants to do something amazing in your life. I want you to receive everything that God has in store for you. So, as you're turning to Galatians, getting ready to put your eye on the screen, I just want to make mention of this uh, to you because I pay attention to everything. Blessing and a curse to pay attention to everything. And so I got my coffee this morning. I'm coming up the road, coming to church. And I look to my left. Brother D, you're going to think this is funny. And I look to my left, and there's a bar that, that, that's called Killian, I believe. Colonies? Killarney's. Okay, Killarney's. Okay, that's what it is. Killarney's. Good reason. Real good. I'm rolling by. Killarney's. And so I look to the left, and usually that time of the morning when I'm passing Killarney's, you might see one car because somebody probably drank a little too much, and they left their car, and they didn't drink and drive. That's great, and that's fantastic. And so I'm going by this morning. I happen to look. The lot packed. Packed. Uh-huh. I knew exactly what it was. Well, you think I'm slow? I'm, I'm all on it. I said, so you know me, I got to be who I am. I said, Lord, I love serving you. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to let anybody make me feel ashamed of serving Jesus. You know why? Eagles game normally come on at 1 o'clock, 4.30, 8 p.m. at night, or 8.20 at night. This is how well schooled I am about the games because I pay attention. So they come on those times. And so, you know, people watch them. Well, they are playing in London this weekend, and they came on at 9.30 this morning. So the bars was open early this morning. The parking lots was full early this morning. And I said, hmm, when you follow what you follow, you do what you got to do. And I just said, man, God, nobody's ever going to make me feel bad about it. You know, sometimes we try to, Make church seem like it's just, we treat, oh boy. But then, you know, we just need to just wise up. I guess what I'm talking about today, hopefully it will help us because we're quick to look at things and say, you know, look at the negative things about even in trying to live for God, we, we, we worry about negative things. I'm like, where is it? And people that's doing what they like to do seems like they don't get criticized. But when you try to do right, you get criticized. I don't understand that. But I like to watch the Eagles when I can watch the Eagles. But the Eagles can't get me to watch them when Jesus' time is supposed to be what I give them. Right? So I, I like watching the Eagles, though that, that the moral of the story is not to watch, not tell you not to watch the Eagles or the Cowboys or whoever you like, the Patriots for some of you. I'm not telling you not to watch them. All I'm saying is watch and see if it's trying to pull you away from Jesus. That's all I'm telling you. And if, and if it's 930 and, 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 and they're playing and you have a choice, watch them and, you know, sip on a, uh, you know, your, your favorite drink or go to church, you made that decision. I'm not, I don't, I don't tell people decisions to make. I just, I just lay it out there and said, you made the decision. I think you're smart enough to do that. Galatians chapter five. 
verse number 16. Galatians chapter 5. I don't know how many of you um, that are sports fans, that was a bigger sports fan than me. I'm still a big sports fan, but when I met Jesus, I became a more Jesus fan than a sports fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. When I, didn't, when I didn't know Jesus, I would wake up Sunday mornings and I would get the paper out. This is where, you know, computers was all like this. Get the paper out, check the spreads of every game. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about. Check the spreads while I'm at breakfast at IHOP. I'm eating my breakfast. I'm checking the spreads. Mm, figuring out who I'm going to bet on. Then I might bet one or two games, one o'clock. See if I win. I bet on the four o'clock games. But all day long, from, I don't know, from noon till 1 a.m., I'm watching sports. Lockdown, watching sports. That was then, but I met Jesus. Somebody said, but I met Jesus. And all of that changed, man, I'm telling you. Galatians chapter 5, verse number 16 says this. This I say then, walk in the Spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. Now that's the King James Version. I love the King James Version. But I'm going to read it to you also in another version that you will have better understanding, probably more clarity. Same Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17, it says it in the Amplified Version. But I say, walk and live habitually in the Spirit, responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit. Then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh. Of the human nature without God. That's what the, the, your flesh is your human nature without God. For the desires of the flesh are opposed to the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh. For these are antagonistic to each other. Continually withstanding and in conflict with each other. So that ye are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. Now before I pray, I want you to think about this. This scripture in Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 and 17 was written to people that are saved, born again believers. It was not written to people that didn't know Christ. It was written to people who knew Christ, who gave their life to Christ, who were born again of the water and of the Spirit. That's who it was written to. So I want you to percolate on that. If it's written to them, then it's written to us. Father, in the name of Jesus, I sense your presence and your power. It is here, Lord God. Now, Father, allow me to be in the flow of your power in the flow of the Spirit of God. I pray that hearts will be open, minds, O oh God, will be attentive and submitted to the will of God. I pray that faith, Lord God, will 
ignite action from each and every one of us, Lord God, that there will be a response to the Word of God, a response to the Spirit of God. I pray today, Lord, that the Shekinah glory will consume us and that, my God, we will not leave this place the same way we came in. I pray, Lord God, that you'll give us all an encounter and an experience with you that will change our direction, that will change our life, that will change our mind, that we will experience them the demonstration of the power of God, uh, that there will be salvation uh, and restoration uh, and deliverance uh, and healing. Uh, Lord, we pray today that you will do just what you need uh, to do in the life of each and every one of us, uh, that we, Lord God, uh, will be who you have called us to be in this hour. We praise you and thank you uh, for the signs, wonders, uh, and miracles and demonstration uh, that we will experience here today. Uh, I thank you, Lord. I give you the honor because you are God all by yourself. You deserve all the glory. You deserve all the praise. For you are God alone. And we praise you. In the name of Jesus we pray. Will somebody give God some praise in this house. For he's worthy. He's worthy. Jesus is worthy. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Every human being that enters this world came by the birth process, which is a physical or a fleshly process, which means we all take on a human nature because you were born into this world by, you came by a human you take on, you took on a human nature. You, you came into this world as a human being. When, when a dog is born into this world, the dog has a dog nature. When a cat is born into this world, the cat has a cat nature. When a human being is born into this world, the human being has a human nature. And so we're all born into this world and we have a human nature. Which means, if we have a human nature, we don't have a Christ nature. Uh-huh. 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 The human nature gets satisfaction in a way that the, the, the Christ nature does not. The human nature gets satisfaction from physical and fleshly things. Favorite food. Uh-huh. That satisfies the human nature. What you like to drink, that satisfies the human nature. Drunkenness, that satisfies the human nature. Sex, whether it's legitimate or illegitimate, that satisfies the human nature. Partying satisfies the human nature. Impure thoughts satisfies the human nature. Actions of hate and envy and rage, selfishness, satisfies the human nature. Discord and disharmony satisfies the human nature. These are some of the actions that satisfies the human nature. So you wonder sometimes about why do you feel like this and why? why? Because you're a human being. That's why you feel the way you feel sometimes. The things that you like and you're wondering why do I like this? It's because you're a human being. Sometimes we're saying why is this happening? You're a human being. And so you're going to 
experience the things that your human nature like. You know what's scary about all of that? With all of that that you have to deal with, these these things that are not godly, that the human nature likes and, 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 and receives satisfaction from, on top of that, you have to also deal with the things of the devil. What you thought? The devil is not real? Mm-mm, he's real. So here is what you will get from the devil on top of the things that the flesh desires. You still have to deal with the devil trying to get you to be prideful. Pride is not a sin of human being. Pride came from the devil himself. He was the one that was in heaven before you was created. He was the one that was in heaven. He was the archangel. He was the one that was God's right-hand man, if you want to say it. And, and he saw how powerful and how great God is. And he says, I want to be like him. Not in a good way either. And he thought he could be greater than God. That's pride when you think I'm better than her. I'm better than him. I'm better than that one. I'm better than this one. That's pride. And the crazy thing about that is it didn't come from you. That came from the devil. And when we have pride in us, we got to do everything to get it out. Because that's a devilish thing. Pride comes from the devil. Guess what else came from the de- come from the devil? Lion. The Bible says he is a liar and the father of lies. So when you start lying, that's not you. It came from the devil. The devil is encouraging and inspiring you when you lie. You know what else came from the devil? Deception. That's, he's a master deceptor. He don't have any power. The devil doesn't have power. He just know how to deceive you. So he can get you to do what he wants you to do. So he's the master deceptionist. And then also, when you covet other people's things, he's the master at that. So those four things you still got to deal with on top of your flesh wanting things that are ungodly. That's the battle we're in. That's what we're dealing with. And if you don't pay attention to that, then you're not going to get the victory in the situations that you're dealing with. You're going to keep spinning your wheels and wondering why you can't experience change, why you can't experience deliverance, why you can't experience real salvation. Because you're ignorant to the devices of Satan, first of all. And secondly, you're dealing with this flesh that's constantly saying, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. And we become so accustomed to that flesh telling us, I want this, I want that. And we just keep feeding the flesh what it wants. No spiritual thing will ever satisfy the human nature. Your human nature. It's the nature to be satisfied only. Your nature can only be satisfied by the things we just talked about. Selfishness. All those things that we mentioned. That's what satisfies our human nature. Discord, satisfy our human nature, malice and hatred. So in order for us to walk in the spirit, as the Bible says, we're going to have to experience spiritual things. This is why the Bible says, walk in the spirit. And so many of us, I know for me anyway, walk in the spirit. How are you going to walk in the Spirit? 
Do you walk in the spirit by being a zombie? Almost like, you know, oh, just weird and your eyes just big and you're walking around like you're in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. What does that mean, Jesus? And so nobody really attempts to walk in the spirit because we're saying, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know how to actually make that happen. So we kind of dismiss that. And we don't walk in the spirit. So here's the story. You are born with a human nature. And that human nature wants these things that are ungodly. And because that human nature wants these things that are ungodly, you don't have anything in you to strive for good stuff. <laughs> so what you have to do, because you have a human nature that strives for ungodly things, you need to get the spiritual nature in you. In order to take on the spiritual nature, we must be born of the Spirit. A lot of people take being born again lightly. But you probably understand a little bit now that you're here this morning hearing this. We're born physically into this world with a human nature. <laughs> so Jesus Christ says... The nature you have is going to destroy you if you keep on hearkening unto it and doing what it's asking. If you keep on submitting to your human nature, it's going to destroy you. And the only way to get some help is to be born again. <laughs> John chapter 3, verse 1 through 6 says this. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot See the kingdom of God. Maybe you didn't catch this, but let me let you catch this real quick. Nicodemus went to Jesus and says, man, you're just awesome. You're doing all these miracles. We like miracles. Miracles are things like right now you're blind, you can't see. And, and by the power of God, boom, you can see. Miracles are right now you're, you're sick in the body and, and we pray and boom, immediately you're healed and you're whole. Miracles are things that happen instantaneously. And because we like instant, we like miracles. But let me tell you this. Nicodemus came to Jesus with a conversation about miracles. Jesus responded back to him, you must be born again. Stop and think about that. What Jesus was saying is, being born again is more significant and more important than miracles. We like the miracles. We like the instantaneous power. 
power that goes bang and something happens. But nothing is more important. No miracle is greater than someone that is born again of the water and of the spirit. There is nothing greater for you because you can't defeat that nature in you except you be born again. Hmm. Verse number four, Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus said, Man, this is crazy. How am I going to be born again? I'm already born. Verse number five, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. For that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. And so... If we're going to have the opportunity or we're going to have the ability, I should say, to, to, to come against and to do right and to not do what this, this flesh is telling you to do and begging you to do, the only way we will have a chance of defeating that or overcoming that or winning that battle is to be born again. Without being born again, you can't win the battle. You don't have what it takes to win the battle. It's like going into a war with a knife and everybody else have machine guns. You you won't win. What happens when you're born again of the water and of the spirit? I'm glad you asked that. When you are born again of the water and the spirit, notice the born again experience. It's twofold. Born again of the water and born again of the spirit. Both has to take place for you to say, I am born again. Both has to take place. Because you need both in order to make it happen. The born again of the water, it, 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 it is the, uh, what's the best way to put it? It, it is, it is, it, it's what you do to say, I belong. You enter into covenant, right word. You enter into covenant with the Lord when you are born again of the water. So when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, that's being born of the water, right? When you do that, you're entering into a covenant, an agreement now between you and God. You're saying, God, I will follow you and, and, and I know that you will in turn bless me. So you enter into covenant through baptism. But you need the Spirit in order to overcome your flesh. Not to mention, oh, let me go back over here. The Spirit, what it does when you're born again. When you're born again of the water and of the Spirit, you become a new person in Christ. Before you're born again, you're not in Christ. I don't care what you think and what you say. If you're not born again, you're not in Christ. You have the hope and you can be in Christ. But you're not born again, you're not in Christ. 
Listen, you have one soul and you can't play games. You can't act like you're okay when you're not. You have to say to yourself, I am not okay and I need to do something about this. It's okay to come to church and hear the Word of God and be touched by the Spirit of God and and to be moved on and say, wow, I felt something wonderful. Wow, something really happened to me. That's great, and I want that for you. But you can't stop there. You've got to say, okay, now, God, I'm not born again of the water and of the Spirit. And guess what? I want to be in covenant with you, and I need that nature in me that will help me defeat my fleshly desires. And so now I need to go give myself to you and be born of the water and the spirit. So you become a new person in Christ. You now have the unique nature of Christ in you. Christ have a unique nature. There are people that teach. Don't get I'm not going to do on that, but I just throw this out real quick. There's people that teach and says God has a dual nature. No God doesn't. God have one unique nature. God has one unique nature. Nobody has a nature like his. He's, he, but when we get born again of the Spirit, we have that unique nature of Christ in us to help us. And so you become a new person in Christ. You have that new nature of Christ in you. You have what it takes to make it to heaven. Understand this. Here is something out there that you probably can't fathom, but it's, it's the Word of God. There's, there's something that's going to take place one day that's called the catching away of the saints of God. Catching away of the church. It's, it's called a rapture. It will take place one day. And some of you might say, oh, we'll see about that. Okay, well, we'll see about that. And so that's going to take place one day. And here is what the Scripture says. It says that we which are alive and remain will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And I know for you and for me, I'm like, how is that possible? But you know what? When Jesus walked this earth, after he was done with everything he came to do, he ascended to heaven on his own. No help. He just ascended. And he wants us to know that if he can ascend from out of this earth into the heavens, when you have his nature inside of you, then you can ascend from this earth into heaven. None of us can ascend unless we have the nature of Christ in us and when we get the nature of Christ in us we have the opportunity to now be caught up to meet the Lord in the air he went up before us and our time will come when we will go up with him we need that nature of Christ in us that's why we must be born again when we are born again, we become wise. When we become born again, we see things clearly. I know some of you that's not born again might think you're seeing things clearly. No, you're not. Listen, it, it takes... I'm glad I was in the place where I didn't see clearly before. Because now that I can see clearly now, I can see, look back and say, yeah, I didn't see clearly back then. But when you're in it, where, where, where you're not born again and you're not seeing things clearly, but you think, yeah, I'm, I'm seeing things a little clear. You, you can't tell if you're seeing things clear because you're in it. It's not until you come out of it and you can look back now and say, I can see now. I can see now. And so there was a time when I was in it that I thought I, I was smart. I was wise, but I didn't have that. 
But when I became born again of the water of the Spirit, I became wise. I was able to now see clearly. You see things clearly. You're no longer ignorant to spiritual and ungodly things. You become empowered by the Spirit. And you are now able to be victorious over and to overcome ungodliness. And to walk right. And to talk right. And to live holy. And to live a spiritual life. So in order for you to ever walk By the Spirit, you have to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. There is no other way. If you're not born again of the water and of the Spirit, you cannot fight and war against the Spirit. You can't make it. You can't make it. And so, when the Bible says, walk by the Spirit, you know what it's saying? Live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Because most of your life is spent moving. Live by the Spirit. Wherever you go, whatever you do, live by that Spirit. Let the Spirit be the source that keeps you alive and keeps you moving and keeps you doing. Live by the Spirit. Now, when you become born again, unfortunately, a lot of people think that's the end all be all. I'm born again. And then some tell you, one save, always save. And I say, ask Judas about that. Judas did everything that the red, all the other apostles did. So he was saved. But then he started doing things he wasn't supposed to do. His heart got into it. And before you know it, Judas went and, and, and turned against Jesus. So Judas was saved at some point in time, but he lost his salvation because he did wrong. And so, when you get saved, it's not the end-all, be-all. Or should I say, when you get born again. Because nobody's really saved until we meet Jesus in the air. (laughs) And so, when you're born again, things begin to change in your life, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Jesus didn't tell us that after we're born again, it would be smooth sailing. No struggles. If you're following me this morning, you will understand that when you're born again, that's really when the struggle starts. We thought that, oh, you know, those people that's not living for God, they got it bad. And yeah, they got it bad because they can't get to heaven. But those of us that have been born again, oh, the struggle is on now, girl. The struggle is on now, my brother. Why? Why is the struggle on? Because now you're dealing with yourself. And you got to deal with the Spirit of God that's in you. <laughs> right? How does that work? Here is how it works. Before you're born again, you did all the stuff that the flesh liked, and you liked it. Everything you did wrong that the flesh prompted you to do, you did it and you didn't think twice about it because that's just how it is. That's what I like. That's what I enjoy. Why? It's your nature to like it. It's your nature to want to drink. It's your nature to want to party. It's your nature to want to do all the immoral things and say, oh, it's all right. It's our nature to want to do promiscuous things and enjoy it. It's our nature. It's who we are. When Adam and Eve sinned, they brought into our life a, a, a sin nature. And it's our nature to want to do wrong all the time. 
So we enjoy doing wrong. I enjoyed me a nice Guinness and a Grand Marnier in my hand. I enjoy sometimes cussing somebody out because they made me mad. That's what the flesh like. It enjoys that. Let's not act like we don't like that. Because it's our nature. You living for God and all of a sudden some of that old nature, just that old feeling of that nature come in and you're like, ooh. Ooh. Almost like you got a little, ooh. little. You felt a little something from when you did that wrong thing that you enjoyed. Ooh. Yes. It's our nature. You don't have to fake the fuck. I love to live for the Lord. I love living for God. I don't have to show off for nobody. I don't have to put on for nobody. I don't have to act like I'm something that I'm not. I'm a human being that got to deal with my nature that ain't good. But I know what to do to get it under control. And so when you're born again, now, yes, you are born into this world with your nature. But now when you're filled with the Spirit of Christ, now you have Christ's nature in you. That's where the struggle starts. We thought we got born again. I'm living for the Lord. I'm doing all right. Yeah, you're on the right track, but you, you got some struggles you're dealing with right now. Don't act like that. All of you in here this morning, if you're living for the Lord, you have some struggles. Remember I told you one time I was driving to church and the Lord spoke to me and says, I got you, Wayne. Because I realize the reason why you're going through what you're going through is because of me. Clear as day, I heard that from the Lord. It's because of me why you're going through what you're going through. And the Lord can say that to all of you here this morning. If you're sincerely trying to live for God and you're struggling, he says, I got you. I know why you're going through what you're going through. You've got my nature in you and you've got your, your nasty, dirty nature that you lived in for a long time. So now the two is in your struggling. You got yours, and you got Christ in you, and boy, it's a battle. Yeah, it's a battle. I heard a preacher said it like this. You got two dogs in you. Or you want to say you have a dog and a lion in you, whichever way you want to go. Got a dog and a lion in you. And the one you feed the most will be the strongest one. Don't, if, you don't, if you didn't forget anything else I said today, if you didn't hear anything I said, remember that. If you feed the lion, the lion will be strong. If you feed the dog, the dog will be stronger. So, so, so the, the, the two animals that you have in you, the lion and the dog, whoever get fed the right way, get fed the most, is the one that's going to dominate and win and do all the stuff. And so we wonder why, as Christians, we can find ourselves doing wrong. Easy answer. You've been feeding the dog. You've been starving the lion and feeding the dog. And the dog is stronger than the lion. As big as that lion is, he's just roaring, but he, he can't get his, get his way in your life because guess what? He weak. Uh, uh. Everyone that is born again of the water and of the spirit experience struggle between the flesh and the spirit. The flesh opposes all the motions of the spirit, and the spirit resists everything that is flesh. Mm-hmm. Now, let me throw a little curve in there for you. Say you're not born again. You want to be born again. I'm just a positive kind of person, so 
You want to be born again. You're going to make up your mind eventually to be born again. You're thinking about being born again, but you're not born again. Just say that. If that's the case, then you're only dealing with your human nature is what you think. But here is the other part of the human nature that we have to deal with. Within your human nature, you have what we call your conscience. And then we have your heart. Oh, I love the word of God. Before God started speaking to man, or let me just say it this way. There were a time when the way God communicated to us was through our conscience. So your conscience, if you didn't defile it too much, you'll probably get some right, clear, good thoughts from your conscience from time to time. So your conscience, you might as well say, is probably, if anything in you is good, it's your conscience. Mm, usually. Because a lot of times when you did wrong, your conscience said, you know you shouldn't have did that. Mm-hmm. Because your conscience is, the, is, the, is your soul, is the thing that goes into your soul. And so that's kind of how man sometimes used to communicate with God and still today. And so now, but you got your heart. And the Bible says the heart is defiled and deceitful and evil and wicked. That's what the Bible says about the heart. Your heart, my heart. Our heart is a mess. And so, if we gotta let that heart get the best of us, it's all kind of mess that's gonna come out of our heart. You will do things you never thought you would do. That's why today I go to the jail and I teach down there. I don't look at them guys in any way, shape, or form because one thing I know is in our heart, there's things that we will end up doing that one day we'll sit back and say, well, how did I ever do that? There's still things now that you can think back on and you saying, how did I ever do that? Because your heart and my heart, it's messed up. It's evil. It's wicked. And only God knows it. You don't even know it. I don't even know it. It's messed up. So even if you're not saved, you still have that battle. <laughs> you still have that battle. Your conscience says, you know, you know you don't need to do that. And your heart says, please, I do whatever I want. Nobody going to tell me what to do. That's how your heart do. Your heart says, nobody tell me what to do. I do what I want. Anytime you start saying that, your heart working. Your human nature is involved. God is nowhere to be found. When you say, I do what I want, nobody tell me what to do. Men like to see that. Men get to that place sometimes. Some women get there too. Most of the time it's men, I do what I want. Nobody tell me nothing. I'm a grown man. Grown. So the natural nature, even if you're not born again, you still have a struggle. And so when you're born again, you have the struggle. So now we come to a place where we got to say to ourselves, okay, so if I'm saved, I got the struggle. If I'm not saved, I've got the struggle. Now, if you're not saved with the struggle, there is no winning over there because there's nothing there that's powerful, right? So your conscience is not powerful, your heart is not powerful. It's just two entities battling to try to win out. But neither of them have any power, so to speak, because all power belongs to God. Did, did you know that? There is no power in our world except for the power of God. Now, you can be deceived in thinking that there's some power, but I'm just telling you there's no power. If you want, just go to 
Matthew 28, somewhere about 20, or probably 17, 18, somewhere around here, when Jesus says, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. If, if all power he has in heaven and in earth, where is some other power? Just tell me. Uh, so, so who has power but God? If he has all power in heaven and in earth, we know there's no power in hell because if they had power down there, they would have got out of there. <laughs> right? If, if there was power down there, they would have like, I'm not staying here. I'm getting out of here. Well, they don't have no power to get out, so that's why they're there. Mm, yeah. So the only power that matters is the power that's in heaven and the power that's on earth. And Jesus says, I've got all power. So don't, don't think there's any other power that exists. The only power that exists is God. And so when you're born of the Spirit, where you're being filled with his Spirit in your heart, when, when, you're, when you're filled with the Spirit of God, you now have power to deal with the struggles of the flesh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It really works. You feed that spirit that's in you. It really strengthens you to resist some things. It's a battle sometimes, but you got to fight it. So how do we limit or continuously win the struggle between the human nature and the spirit? How do we win that struggle? How do we overcome that battle? We do so by walking in the Spirit. That's why the Bible says, walk in the Spirit. How can one walk in the Spirit? Do we walk around looking spooky and crazy? How do we walk in the Spirit? John chapter 6. I'm almost there. John chapter 6, verse 63. Look at what the Word of God says. I'm trying to get you to know how to walk in the Spirit. The Bible says, It is the Spirit that quickeneth. That word quickeneth make, means to be made alive. It is the Spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profit nothing. The words that I speak unto you. What it says. Oh. Ooh. Huh. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So how do you walk in the spirit? <laughs> I think you guys are pretty smart. Huh. We walk in the spirit when we live according to the word of God. That is the only way to fulfill the desires, or let me say it this way. That is the only way to not fulfill the desires of the human nature, the flesh, by walking in the spirit. And unfortunately, we walk in the spirit in the flesh more than we walk in the spirit. And because we walk in the flesh more than we walk in the spirit, our human nature is dominating us. And we're frustrated. 
and we're coming to church and we're not seeing a change. And that's why we give up on church. That's why we kind of give up on God. You're not saying you don't believe God exists. You're just saying he's not doing anything for me. When you feel like God is not doing anything for you, you just, you just start doing your own little thing. You don't start doing your own big things. You start doing your own little things. And eventually it will become your own big things because you feel like God is not doing anything for me. When I go to church, it doesn't do anything for me. And you start doing your own thing. And it really had nothing to do with God or his church. It had to do with you not walking in the spirit. It had to do with you deciding to walk in the flesh more than you walked in the spirit. That's what the issue is. The issue is not something is wrong with God or God don't love me or why isn't God doing something on my behalf and I've been going through this for a long time and God is not doing anything. God can do everything you ask him to do and you still won't do the right thing in pleasing God. Why? Because you've been walking in the flesh. And that's what you've been doing. So it doesn't matter all the miracles that God will do. God cares more about your soul than he cares about doing a miracle in your life. Why? We can go to heaven without an arm. We can go to heaven without a leg. We can go to heaven without an eye. Because when we go to heaven, we will have a different kind of body. So this little fleshly hand won't make, it won't make a difference in heaven. This, this fleshly eye won't make a difference in heaven. This fleshly leg, it won't make a difference. Because I will get a new body when I get to heaven. So we're better off getting there, missing a limb, than not having salvation. And so... We have this situation where we have to now walk in the spirit in order to be victorious over the flesh. The words of Jesus, we have, it it gives us everything we need. I don't know if you know, but the words of the Lord gives us everything we need that pertains to life. It's not just for church. It, it, it's not just for spiritual things. The Word of God has everything you need if you will just walk in it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The words that Jesus spake or spoke or is speaking is more than just words on paper. When you open your Bible or when you open your iPad or whatever you're reading the Word of God. It just, it's more than words. That, that that's on a piece of paper or that's on the screen. They're not like words that comes from a human being, from your mouth or from my mouth. That's, that's not the same thing. The words of the Lord is not the same thing as our words. It's not. Mm-mm. The words that Jesus spoke are spirit and it gives life. Second Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That word there where it says all scripture is given by inspiration, it means all scripture is given. God breathe. It's the breath of God that produced the word of God. Oh, you better follow me now. It's the breath of God that produced the word of God. When God breathed, his words came and his words did. 
<laughs> you don't believe that? <laughs> the word of God is spirit and will only work spiritually. This is why John chapter 3 verse 6 says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Can't, can't, the two can't come together. The two can't come together. Spirit is spirit and flesh is flesh. And so the word of God, Jesus says, let there be light. How is that possible? How is that possible that almighty God says, let there be light and light appear? Because his word is spirit and life. And God breathed into man, and man became a living soul. His word. You getting it now? His words. It's more than that stuff written on paper. His words. Spirit and life. When he speaks, things happen. Things are created. When he speaks, things begin to move. When he speaks, life comes into existence. When he speaks, things begin to get done. Because it's just not anybody's words. It's the word of the living God. And those words are spirit and they are life. This is why. We have to live by those words. And that's why the Bible says, walk in the Spirit. Walk in His Word. Walk in His Word. Man shall not live by, but by. Now that makes all the difference to you now. That's what he's trying to tell you. Walk in my word. So my word can take up in your life everything you, you need. It will produce spiritual things. It will help you to conquer that flesh that keeps on rearing up his head and reminding you of your past and reminding you of what you did last week and reminding you of what you did two days ago. That flesh keeps coming back and bringing back thoughts. But if you walk in the spirit, you will overcome it that flesh won't leave you alone it won't leave you alone let me give you a key verse that will help you to walk in the spirit walk in the word of God Ezekiel chapter 3 verse number 1 this is Ezekiel the prophet of God him and the Lord having their conversation he said to me Son of man, eat what you find in this book. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the house of Israel. You see what he's trying to tell them? He says, eat this book. Eat this scroll. Eat this book. Eat this scroll. Then speak. Verse, verse number two, he said, so open my mouth. And he caused me to eat the scroll. And he said to me, son of man, eat the scroll that I give you and fill your stomach. Can I stop there and tell you? We're getting the word of God in our head, but we're not getting the word of God in our belly. 
this is what this 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 is where we 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 have missed the mark just a tad bit. We're we're coming to church and we're hearing the word, and every once in a while we can even quote it. But the word we have not eaten it and let it go down because whatever is in you got to come out of you if the word of God gets in you because you ate it and not just chewed it because you can chew something and spit it out you never swallowed it you can chew it and spit it out but if you will chew the word and swallow it got to come out and even when the flesh is trying to dominate you the word will come out oh somebody need to give God some praise for that God is so good to us. He said, eat this book, eat this scroll, eat this word. And if you will eat it, no matter what the flesh is trying to do, the word, which is spirit, which is life, will begin to rule over you. Oh, somebody help me in this house today. That's what I want. I want the Word of God to rule over me. I want to walk by the Word of God because when I walk by His Word, I'm walking by the Spirit and not by my flesh. And every time the things of my flesh comes up, the Spirit of God will quench it. I want the Spirit of God to move in me. Stand with me today. This I say, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The flesh is driving us crazy. It doesn't have to drive us crazy, but because we are Feeding the flesh more than we're feeding the spirit. The flesh is driving us crazy. The spirit is so powerful. This is how powerful the spirit is. That we feed this flesh and this flesh just dominate our thoughts and dominate our actions. But the, the, the little bit that the spirit gets from us, the spirit still say. You know you're not supposed to be doing that. You know you need to go there and do that. You know you need to pray and worship me. You know you need to open your heart to me. What little you give to the Spirit. He's still working in your life. Can you imagine if you begin to feed the Spirit? Can you imagine if you begin to walk in the Spirit? How victorious you will be. That every time your flesh says, go do so and so. Go do so and so. You'll look at it and say, get out of here with that. I'm over that. We're suffering and struggling in living for the Lord because of what we just talked about today. Put up Galatians chapter 6, verse 8. We're struggling because we're giving too much power to the flesh. And the flesh is killing us. Look at this. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. We still want to sow to the flesh? We still want this humanistic nature to keep on ruling us? Because all we can get out of it 
is corruption. If you ever stop and check with the Spirit and say, God, what is this going to lead to? This thing that I, I allow my feelings and emotions to control, what will it lead to? And I can tell you right quick, it leads to corruption. If you keep on following the, the, the desires of the flesh, it will lead you to destruction and corruption. And so, yeah, it might feel good right now. Yeah, it might seem like that's what you need right now. But it's the flesh that's being fed, and eventually it will take you down. There's a but. Because what I tell you, God is so good to us. That's how you know when the devil working and when God working. God is so good to us. He never tells us about what's wrong with us and don't tell us how to fix it. <laughs> I love him. I love him. He never tell you you're a mess and just leave you. So understand this. Every time you feel just terrible and you can't feel better, it's the devil. You can't get on, you can't feel better in yourself. You're trying to feel right and you're trying, you're praying and things and you're trying to feel better about things and you keep on feeling just condemned. You keep feeling like you're just the worst. You can never make it. It will never happen for you. You keep feeling like that. That is not God. That is the devil. Because God loves you too much. He went to Calvary Cross for you. And he's not going to leave you in a situation that says stay right there. He's going to always give you an option to get out of where you are. He says, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall have the Spirit reap life everlasting. Now, didn't he say in the word in, in, in John 6.63, my word is Spirit and life. So, the Spirit of God, it gives you life when you obey it. You walk in eternal life when you obey it. You can't miss when the Word of God is what governs your walk, is what governs your life. If you will obey the Word of God, your life will never be the same. One last scripture. I think one last scripture. Psalm 33, verse 6. No, that wasn't the last scripture. I got one more scripture. I'm almost done. I just love this stuff. Psalms 33, verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath. This word that we read all the time is breath. We keep thinking, okay, that makes sense. Okay, I can see that. You don't even understand. It's the breath of God you're reading. The breath of God, the, what the breath of God created is what you're reading. It's not just anything. It's the breath of God. That's how powerful his word is. And so, John 5.39 says this. You search and investigate. I know it's different from mine. I just want you to get this so good. I gave you the Amplified on this as well. And you know I don't never do that. You search and investigate and pour over the scriptures diligently because you suppose and trust that you have eternal life through them. And these very scriptures testify about me. That's what Jesus said. These very scriptures, they tell you all about me. It's 
not just any word. Remember, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And verse 14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. If we're going to walk in the spirit, we have to walk in the word. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I'm done. There are times the Bible talks about the spirit quickening you. We will feel the spirit move on us. We'll feel the spirit moving us. We'll feel the spirit moving, but that doesn't happen all the time. It will happen at different times. You don't even have to be together as the church assemble. You can be in your car and, 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 and the spirit of God will move on you. But that won't be all the time. This is why when he says walk in the spirit, he's saying walk in my word. Because you have that all the time. That is with you all the time. You can learn that and you can produce that. That will go in your stomach and you can speak it and live it out. So when you say walk, when he said walk in the spirit, walk in his word. And as you walk in his word, you will experience the spirit. You will experience the moving of the spirit on your life. You will experience the quickening of the spirit. You will say, whoa, what was that? It's God. And hear this, hear this. When the spirit of God moves on you, you need to count that as what we like to say, grace. You might have the different definition of grace. And there's, we can talk about that another time. But when God comes upon you and you sense his presence, that's grace. Which, what, 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 is, what, is, what it's saying is, it's like the man... The, the blind man Bartimaeus. It's, it's like people like Zacchaeus. When Jesus was present, they asked him for something. When Jesus was present, they, they began to make their requests unto him. When Jesus was present, they began to reach out to him. And so when you feel that presence, that's your indicator to say, Ooh, I know he's present everywhere all at once, but I just sense he's really in my space. And so now I have the privilege and the opportunity to say, Jesus, will you help me with this? And that's how the grace works. There are times when you're praying and you're asking, and it seems like he's not listening, but there are times when you begin to pray because he's right in your grill, right in your space. And you say, God, I know you're here. I feel the presence of God. There's something different. I feel the chills. The hair stands up on me. Something is happening. I know you're here. And so, God, here is my problem. Will you help me? God, you're here. Will you move on me? That's what makes people talk in tongues. It's not because we can speak some language we don't know. No, it's the presence of God stirring us. And when he stirs us, we don't even know what to do. We don't even know what to say. We just begin to just talk. And as we speak, a different language comes out of our mouth. It's not something we made up. It's not something, some okey-doke crazy stuff. It's not something that's just ridiculous. No, it's the unctioning of the Spirit. It's the moving of the Holy Ghost. And when he does, I just feel like, oh my God, overwhelmed and touched and moved by his power. And that's when I begin to just give him praise. And I begin to talk to him. And it begins to happen. Some 
somebody in this house today. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord is here. Uh, His presence is upon you. Uh, now is your opportunity. Uh, now is your moment of grace uh, to call on Him. Uh, to ask what you will. Uh, to call on His name. Somebody worship Him today. Somebody give the Lord the praise, the worship. Somebody seek after the Lord today. If you're not born again, you need to be born again. If you haven't been born again, you need to be born again to get the help of the Spirit. That you will overcome the works of the flesh. That you will overcome this nature that is trying to destroy you. This nature that is selfish and only want what what it wants. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Talk to the Lord today. Get a, get a touch from Him today. Before you leave this place today, why don't you give your heart to Him? Before you walk out of this place today, why don't you surrender to Jesus? I believe today God wants to deliver you. I believe today God wants to set you free. I believe today God wants to heal you and to make you whole and to empower you by His Spirit. I believe today Today God wants to save you. Will you call on his name? Will you not be shy? Will you not be embarrassed? And just begin to call on his name. Begin to cry out to him. Begin to lift your hands and worship him. Because it's only between you and him. It doesn't matter who's standing next to you. Who is behind you. Who is before you. You just need to look to the heavens. And worship the king of kings. And worship the lord of lords and give him honor and praise. God is here. He wants to work a work in you. He wants to work his work through you. Will you surrender today to the almighty God? Come on, we need to pray and seek the Lord or pray with somebody else. Let the Spirit of God move you to pray for somebody, to pray with somebody, to call on God's name for yourself in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, will you have your way today? Lord, will you Change some minds today. Will you transform us by the renewing of our mind today? Will you set us free from all our captivities today? Oh God, help us that no longer will we allow the flesh to dominate and to do what it wants to do. Oh God, we want the spirit to reign and to rule in our life. We want life everlasting. We want eternal life. We want to be victorious. Help us today. We want the Spirit to manifest in us. We want the Spirit to magnify in us. We want you to be glorified. We want you to be magnified. Will you praise the Lord? Will you call on Him? Will you look to Him today and say, God, I want to change. I want something different today. I don't want it the same way. I want change like I've never experienced. I want deliverance. Like I've never experienced. I want healing. Like I've never experienced. Oh, hallelujah. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, blessed be the name of Jesus. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The power of God is here. The power of God is here. Let God touch you. Let God move you. Let God heal you. Let God deliver you. The Spirit of God is here to deliver. The Spirit of God is here to save you. This is your moment. This is your hour. God will save you. If you will tell Him to save you, He will save you. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, give him the praise, worship him, give him honor, give him honor today, ask God to help you, ask God for direction today, ask him for strength today, ask him for healing today, ask him to sustain you, ask him, and I hear somebody asking him, and God is telling me to tell you, you must be born again, you must be born again, if you will surrender your life, If you will come into covenant with me by being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, I will fill you with my spirit and you will be born again. You will have the power of God living in you to help you. You must be born again. Hallelujah. Oh God, we love you. Oh God, we praise you. Lord, bind us together. Lord, bring us together. Lord, let us be unified in you, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that you would strengthen us. Oh God, I pray that you will work your work in this church. That you will work your work in the life of the people of this church, Lord God. That you will empower us and strengthen us. That you will move, you will move, oh God, and give us favor. Lord, get these people in the place where you want them. So they can do your will. So they can be your hands and feet. So they can be your light in this world. Let them receive from you today, oh God. In the name of Jesus. 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 Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You are our King, oh God. We worship you, oh God. We praise your name, oh God. Oh, ilamasye kerimaha. Adaranabasi ololobosa yatiyandolomoho. Itayateheshe kerimaha. Ah, yeah, ah, one last time. Will you lift your hands to the heavens today? Will you lift your hands to the heavens today? And will you pledge and declare to God that you will seek Him? You will seek Him until His Spirit fill your heart and fill your mind.